you, Jesus. Would you give the praise and worship team a wonderful hand clap? They did awesome. Let's just all stand. Father, we thank you for the anointing that is already here. At the mention of your name, every knee shall bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every sickness, every disease, every bondage, everything, Lord, will bow its knee to your name. And Father, we thank you that we could exalt you. The Bible says that you inhabit the praises of your people. And we sense that you are here. Now we ask you, Lord, that you'll come and help me to stand in the office of a teacher. And as I teach the word, Father God, that revelation knowledge will come, that understanding will come, that our eyes will be open and enlightened to the truth, Father God. We believe tonight, Lord, the scripture that says, whom the Son sets free will be free indeed. And I ask you tonight, Lord, that there will be people set free tonight, Father. And it will only be to your honor and to your glory. We promise, Jesus, to bring you every glory that there is. You receive it, Father God. For we know, God, you're a jealous God, and you share your glory with no one. And we are quick to say, Lord, to you, be the honor and the praise. And those who believe with me tonight says, Amen. Amen. Come on, give each other a good handshake. Say, you look good tonight. Glad you are here. You may be seated. Wow, it's nice to see so many people on a Sunday night. If it continues this way, we'll have to uh, go to a stadium. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, welcome, everybody. We're glad you are here to celebrate the Lord with us. And uh, I said this morning, those of you who are not here this morning, I was going to start teaching tonight on, on 13 strong men that we can identify that has infiltrated the church and obviously the world as well. And uh, it is very important for all of us to pray, and uh, not just to pray for ourselves, but we are to pray for our country and for our leaders. How many of you can say amen to that? Amen. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ is coming again? Yes. He can come tonight or he can come in 10,000 years, but we live as if he's coming today. Is that true? Yeah, we have to live. We have to be ready in season and out of season. It doesn't matter. But for Jesus to come, I believe he has to come for a spotless bride. The Bible says he's coming for a pure bride. Can somebody say amen? When we look at the circumstances in, in the world today and we look at the churches today, I am kind of concerned because a lot of the people in the church are not free. Uh-oh. We sing freedom, but they're not really free. They are bound by certain things. Now, it doesn't mean that, that you're going to go to hell. That's not what I'm saying. But we are bound by the devil. Hello. Certain areas of our lives. And all of us, me too, we have to constantly search our lives and make sure that we are right with God. Amen? Yes. We don't, I want to be holy and pure and ready for the master's use. I don't want to be something that, that you know, I don't want to be a, a church goer. I want to be a Christian. Did you hear that one? There's people who go to church, but they are useless for the kingdom of God. Uh-oh. Is that a strong word? There are people who go to church, but they mean nothing. They do nothing for the kingdom of God. I don't want to be like that. I want to be like Jesus. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, who went about doing good, healing all forms of sickness and disease. Amen. Setting the captives free. 
And that is what we are here this week for. So would you do me a favor? Turn to your neighbor and say you're going to get very mad or very glad tonight, but something's going to happen to you. <laughs> when I speak about strongholds or strong men, the first thing I want to do, and I want to lay the foundation clear tonight, I want you to understand I am bringing no glory to the devil. Somebody say, mm-hmm. Yeah. No glory to Satan. God gets all the glory. Yeah. Amen. Do you believe what I just said? Yeah. God gets all the I'm not going to talk about the devil to exalt him or to show how powerful he is. The devil's under our feet. He's a liar. He's a pig, and I don't like him. Come on, somebody should say amen. He's not my friend, he's my enemy, and he should be your enemy. And the Bible says, Jesus said he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. That's all he does. Satan hates you with a passion. He doesn't like you at all, and he's a dirty player. He'll kick you while you're lying down. Amen, he'll get you. So what I'm going to purpose to do this week is I'm going to expose the works of darkness. At the end of the teaching, and you'll follow me by the end of the teaching, we are going to open up the floor, and we are going to lay hands on you. And when I teach, if you can identify certain things in your life, then I want you to respond. I don't know what's in your heart. Only God knows your heart. How many of you can say amen? And only you can be genuine before God. And when I teach on certain things and you say, yep, that's what, oh, that's a problem I have. Then you respond by coming forward so that we can pray for you, lay hands on you, that God can set you free. That you can walk in victory in that area of your life. Will you do that tonight? It's personal. It's you and Jesus. I'm just the one bringing the message. You are the one that has to respond to God through the message. First things first, I was in the army in our country. I was a soldier, and I don't know if we have soldiers uh, sitting here tonight, but I don't know if you understand, but when you go to the army, the very first thing they teach you in army in basic training is they teach you how to, this. well, there's a whole lot of stuff they teach. The first thing is you have to learn what is authority and submission. If you don't understand what authority is and what submission is, well, the army will sort you out real quickly. And you'll learn quickly how to, how to understand what it means to be under or to come under authority. It is very important that we understand as church members that every one of us need to submit under a local church. Uh-oh. We have to submit under a local pastor because there is a spiritual reason for that. It brings covering and protection to you. And if you don't, it opens up the doors for Satan to attack you. Hello. I was just again reminded uh, just you know, a few days ago that somebody came to me and said, they said, Dion, the, the Australians aren't going to like you very much when you speak too much about authority. They don't want to hear the word authority. They want to be their own thing. No, we as children of God have been bought by the blood of Jesus. Somebody say amen. He's our king. He's our master. He's our Lord. We do not belong to ourselves. We belong to Jesus Christ. If you believe that, give God a praise offering. Come on. You've been bought with a price. Do not allow rebellion to enter your heart. Can you say, mm-hmm? No rebellion. The Bible says rebellion is equal to witchcraft. And if you open up to the devil, he's going to get you. So the first thing the army teaches you is submission. 
and, and leadership or authority. But then he teaches you, the army teaches you to get fit. That's why you do a lot of physical training. Because when you go to war, if you're not fit, you're going to get a hiding or get killed. Does that make sense? The reason why a lot of churches are closing their doors on Sunday nights and people don't go to church is because they're not fit. They don't understand the fact that we are in a war right now, a spiritual battle, and we can't get tired or give up. We've got to get fit. I call it revival fit. You get that? We've got to be revival fit. We've got to be worship fit. We've got to be prayer fit. We've got to be Bible studying fit. Amen. Amen. A lot of you are rugby fit. And you watch TV fitness, you know, and movie fitness and, and all other fitnesses, but the fitness that really counts is the Word of God. So we got to be physically fit. The fourth thing the army teaches you is how to handle your weapon. Now, that is the most important of all of them. You've got to learn. When I was in the army, we had to take our rifle. You had to put it, take it apart and put it together with under a minute. Because if you're not able to do that, your life physically depended. If you were in a war and you were shooting and your, your, your uh, bullet jammed in the barrel and you, you couldn't fight to save your life, you had to quickly learn to take your rifle apart, get the bullet out, put the thing together, put a new bullet in and shoot the enemy because your life depended on that. Any man sitting here would understand that, right? You had to learn to do that. But we're in church, and most of the time, the church people don't know how to handle the Bible, their weapon. Oh, yeah. When you become a child of God, you join the army of God. When you become a Christian, you don't become a sissy. You become a fighter for Jesus. Come on, some God is looking for men and women who will have guts to stand up and fight. So you're in the war, whether you would like to hear it or not, it's true. So the, the fourth thing we learn is how to take our weapon apart and put it together. But now the fifth thing, and this is also so important. The fifth thing is the army teaches you who's your enemy. You can't go to battle and fight something you don't know. Can somebody say amen? Yeah. How can you fight an enemy that you don't know? You've got to know his tactics. You've got to know his weaknesses. You've got to know his strong, place, uh, uh, strong things. You've got to understand how he moves, how he operates. Is that true? Yeah. That's what the army does. Teaches you. Well, we're in the army tonight. Amen. Yeah. We all want Jesus to come. I want the rapture to come. But we don't have to be raptured with wedding slippers on. We can have our army boots on and get raptured. Can you say amen? Come on. We've got to put on our army clothes. Get rid of your thing of, you know, being all sparkly and nice in, in that sense. Let's go out fighting. Can somebody say amen? Reinhard Bonke did something wonderful. He said this. He said, if I go up in the rapture, before I go up, I'm going to grab a sinner here and grab a sinner there. And halfway up in the air, I'm going to say, shall I let go or are you going to receive Jesus? Which one is it? <laughs> I like that. That's going to be fighting, leaving this place. Amen? So when I speak tonight... And in this week, I want you to know I'm not bringing any glory to the devil, but I am going to expose the works of darkness. Amen? The devil is going to try anything he can to keep you away this week. He'll try to put sickness on you. He'll cause you to work overtime. He'll cause some, something to go wrong in the family. There, I'm telling you right now, I'm not prophesying it. I just know it by fact because this is experience. Satan does not want you to be free. Amen. Come on. But God's going to get you free. First of all, go with me to Matthew 
I just want to lay this foundation before I get into the teaching because I don't want nobody to be scared or afraid. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. The Bible says, Then Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them, that's the disciples, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and then also to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Say this with me. Say tonight, I have power to cast out unclean spirits. I can heal in the name of Jesus all sickness, all disease. How many of you believe that? Come on, are we disciples of the Most High God? Absolutely. You say, I don't know what it means. The word disciple means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. How many of you believe in Jesus? Raise your hand. How many of you believe in the Bible, the words of Jesus? Raise your hand. How many of you believe in the, in the commandments that Jesus gave? Raise your hand. Well, then you're a, you're a disciple. You are a follower of Jesus. So Jesus says tonight, and I'm, and I'm just sharing this with you to understand that he has given us power over unclean spirits. Can you say amen? amen? Verse 7, Jesus says to us, he says, As you go preach and say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Say this, say this, say, he said that to me. He said that to me. Now you're looking at me funny. What did the Bible? Jesus is speaking to you and me. Can you say amen? He's speaking to the disciple. He's saying to us tonight, he says, As you go, go means to go, preach. And say, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then Jesus says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely you must give. Who must cast out demons? Come on, you may speak to me. Who, may, who can cast out demons? Who must do it? All of us. Not the, not the ones who has a special anointing or the ones who've been called to do the supernatural. All of us have an anointing from God. I said it this morning. Arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon us. Can you say amen to that? Quickly, I just want to build your faith. I know you know this, but I just want the devil to understand he's in big trouble tonight. Go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And if you don't know these scriptures, underline it in your Bible or highlight it on your iPad because you need to know that this is who we are in Christ. The Bible says, verse 1 of Luke chapter 10, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. Tonight, we are more than 70 in this room. The Lord appointed 70 others also, and he said he sent them two by two before his face. Why did he send them two by two? Because the Bible says, if two of us agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it shall be done for them by our Father in heaven. Is that true? If we come in agreement, whatever we ask the Lord, it will be done. Also, another scripture says that uh, one shall put a thousand to flight and two shall put ten thousand to flight. There's power in agreement. Can you say amen to that? Matthew 18, 18, I read it this morning. It's very important. The Bible says what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he says in Matthew 18, 19, if two of us agree on earth concerning anything that we ask, it shall be done for us by our Father who is in heaven. But you've got to understand this, and here's the lesson. 
that you first have to bind and then loose. Hello? First bind, then loose, then come in agreement. It's all about prayer. Can somebody say, mm-hmm? All about prayer. Then Jesus said, verse 2, he said, uh, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Tonight, when we pray for you, we are also going to send you out so that you can do great works for God. Amen. Verse 9, Jesus says, Heal the sick there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near you. Amen. Amen. He says here in verse 17, look at verse 17. Then the 70 disciples, that's us, they returned with joy. And they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Hallelujah. What did they do? They went and did what Jesus said. They cast out demons. So they say, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Verse 18, then he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority. Is anybody happy about this good news here? Come on, this is good news. God says, I'm giving you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over half the power of the enemy. Oh, you're reading the Bible. I'm just checking if you're awake. Are you with me? Because just now, later on, when I'm going to start praying, and if things start to happen, I do not want you to get scared or afraid at all because God says, I've given you, each one of us, all power over all the works of the enemy. Can you say amen? Amen. Say amen. amen. Why are you saying amen? Because you've got power over Satan. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. Now, he says, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And here's the good news. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. And I've experienced that firsthand. The enemy can't touch you. The only time he can touch you is when you allow him to touch you. By making stupid choices. Well, thanks for that amen right there. (laughs) Jesus Christ died on the cross, and he overcame Satan, defeated him. Do you know he was defeated, Satan? Do you know he was disarmed? So you know the devil's got no feet, no arms. He's just a big mouth. Wow, wow, wow. Goes around like a roaring lion. (laughs) Okay, you'll get that later on. That's fine. But Jesus overcame Satan. Is that true? But the devil is still the God of this age. 2 Corinthians 4.4. He still walks around on this world. And if you and I are not rooted and grounded and steadfast in Jesus Christ with prayer and relationship and worship and so forth, and you open up a door, the devil's going to hit you. It's not God's fault. It's your fault. Can you say, "Mm mm-hmm? You want to make silly decisions, then you open the door to the devil. You're going to pay the consequences for your decisions that you've made. That's why tonight we want to start shutting doors in our lives, closing the doors where the enemy came in. Amen. Now, let us move directly into the word because my time is running out again. Go with me to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. 
I would recommend that you take notes down. I would recommend that you write down what I'm giving you, not only just for your own good, but so that you can learn how to pray accurately and you can learn how to help your neighbor, your family members in this area. Did I bring the point across? Look at me quickly. Did I make it clear that I'm bringing no glory to the devil? Is that right? All glory comes to Jesus. Did I make it clear that we are not elevating or exalting the devil? We are exalting Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Does, are, you, are you with me? Because I want you to understand that. Are you also clear and understand that God has given us the power so that we can get the people who are captive free? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Amen. Do you remember that? Isaiah 61. And he's come upon me so that we can go out and heal the brokenhearted, bind up their wounds, set the captives free, bring liberty to those who are bound by the evil one. Amen. Mark chapter 3, verse 20. Then the multitude came together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. When you speak about they here, it is referring to Jesus and his disciples. Now, when Jesus' own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said he is out of his mind. Look at me. When last has somebody accused you of being out of your mind for Jesus Christ? When last has somebody said to you, you, you you're too, too religious or you are too Jesus freaky, you know, you are too, you are too serious about God. Is there, have you ever gone through persecution like that? If you haven't, you need to ask the question, why? Every, I believe, this is now me saying it, okay? But I believe that every born-again Christian should be a threat to the devil. Hello? I'm talking about the genuine, born-again Christian should be a, a threat to Satan. A lot, a lot of people pray the little join me gospel club prayer, prayer. Because a lot of churches have become an institution instead of a church where they can go for help, a hospital where they can go for the needy. Hello, the church is there to help, not to become a little coffee club. Oy. A church that is not winning souls for Jesus has become a club. And unfortunately today in today's society, a lot of churches have become the, the good clique. And to enter the clique, to come into the club, you pray a little sinner's prayer. Wow. And the little sinner's prayer allows you in. But the fact of the matter is a lot of people don't bear the fruit of a Christian. Does that make sense? Yeah. Every Christian must bear fruit. The Bible says a tree will be judged by the fruit that it bears. And a Christian, in my opinion, should be a, should be a threat to the devil and his kingdom. Come on, as he is, so are we. Then the multitude, they came together again, you see. So that Jesus and his disciples, they could not so much as eat bread. But when Jesus' own people, his family and his friends, when they heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said he's out of his mind. 
And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem, they said to Jesus, He has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons, he cast out demons. Do you got that? Even his own family and friends, the religious hierarchy, were mad at Jesus for what he was doing. I get so much accused so many times. People come and they accuse me and say, Oh, Dion, you're always busy with the devil. You're always busy wanting to cast out demons. You're always busy wanting to lay hands. Just settle down. Why don't you just relax? Take it easy. Say, No, I'll never take it easy. I'll never stop casting out devils because this is the mandate from God for all Christians. If they accuse Jesus Christ, they will accuse you and me. Do you believe that? And this is why I'm so sad today to find the church has become so passive, so inactive. I don't want confrontation. If you're a Christian, you will have confrontation. You don't become a a Christian to join the beauty club. It's not a fashion parade. Somebody say, "Mm mm-hmm. A lot of people go to church for a dress-up. Well, that's going down good. Thank you, Jesus. Told you I've come to make the devil mad, and Jesus glad. No more games. The hourglasses are running out. We've got to stand up. The scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons he cast out demons. So Jesus called his disciples to himself, and he said to them in the parable, He said, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Are you listening? Jesus is speaking. If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself... And is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. Now, listen to what Jesus says. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. There's so much value and so much depth in this scripture. And a lot of Christians are oblivious from what the Lord is trying to say. How many of you want a revival this week? How many of you want to see God do great? Do you think for one minute that Satan is going to say, okay, go ahead, have a revival? Or do you believe with me he's going to fight with everything he has to stop a move of God? Amen? Amen? So Jesus says, listen, my friend, if you want to see a revival break out, never mind in the city, let's start in your own life personally. A lot of people say, we just sang the song tonight, I want more, I want more, I want more. But yet I'm not willing to surrender my life 100% to God. I'm not willing to walk the walk and pay the price. A lot of people talk the talk, but they can't walk the walk. A lot of people don't know how to do that. Jesus says, listen, if you want to see the glory, if you want to see the power, if you want to see the works of God take place, you first got to bind the strong man in your life. In other words, get rid of the junk. Huh? Get rid of the rubbish on the inside. Bind the strong man, and then you can plunder his house. Amen. There are 13 strong men I'm going to show and speak about this week. I believe these are the things that have entered into the lives of Christians. 
and also in the worldly situation, just everywhere. You know, Satan is everywhere. As much as Jesus Christ is a reality, so is the devil. Can I say that again? As much as Jesus Christ is real, so is the devil. We need not fear him because we got power over him. When we pray, all of us pray. Remember, it starts by binding and loosing, binding and loosing. So the first thing you and I do when we pray, we've got to learn to pray accurately to get the definite results. Many times when we pray, we are fighting the demon spirits down here. I've got to read the scripture to you. Go quickly to Ephesians chapter 6. Say this with me. Say, faith, faith. comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. How many of you believe that? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says the following. Finally, my brothers and sisters, be strong in your pastor and in your denomination. See, you don't even bring your Bible. How do you know what I'm reading is the truth? Or you're all just sitting there. Mm, that's nice. No. Bring your Bible with you. It's your weapon. Finally, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes or the plans of the devil. Verse 12, watch this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not fighting people. But we are fighting against principalities. We are fighting against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So I have taught on this before when I was here a few years ago. But the fact of the matter is there is a rank order in the kingdom of the devil. Amen. Just like in the army we have a rank order. So we find in the, in the kingdom of Satan there is a rank order. And many times we the Christians because of the lack of knowledge. We binding the little boys down here when we should get to the top one. In the army we are taught. You know, the purpose of war is for one country to take over another country. Is that right? You can't just storm in and take a whole country. That's impossible. To win a country in wartime, you have to take it town by town, city by city. Does that make sense? And so what happens in, in the art of warfare is that you go in and they will send today's all the modern warfare with your, with your satellites, you know, and the drones and all the stuff that they have. But they would fly into a city or where the army, the enemy is, and they would take pictures and identify, all right, this building... Is the, is the armor building. In other words, this is where all the guns and the weapons and the bombs and the bullets are stored, right? They will identify where do the officers sleep. Is anybody with me? We talk about war now. Where do the officers sleep? And then they find out where is the, where is the communications room. Where, where do they communicate? This is what one army would do against the other army. So when one army attacks the other army, they don't just fly in and blow everything up. The purpose of it is to take out the first thing is the officers' quarters. You kill the officers. If there are no officers, who's going to tell the soldiers what to do? Does that make sense? If we blow up the communications room, how are they going to communicate with each other? It's, for me, it's common sense. This is what we need to do in our prayer time. And so when we pray, we don't fight the foot soldiers, we fight the big boy. 
Once we get him bound, there's going to be disorder in the ranks of the enemy. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So we've got to pray accurately to get definite results. The first strong man that I want to take, uh, talk to you about tonight is called the spirit of jealousy. Say with me, jealousy. Say it again. This is quite a big boy. How many of you can agree? Jealousy. What does jealousy do? Well, it breaks up marriages. It brings disunity in the family. It causes disruption in the church. It'll cause your workplace to be ugly and irritable. Satan understands the power there is in jealousy. And I want to tell you right now that a lot of people, a lot of you sitting here tonight is bound by a spirit of jealousy. Now, if jealousy is the strong man, he's the big boy, what are the demon spirits that operate under it? And I want you to listen carefully because if you are identifying something in your life, we're going to deal with it tonight. Amen? The first, the first uh, demon spirit I want to identify is called anger. Say with me, anger. A lot of us are struggling with anger. We get these, what I like to call, fits of rage. It's when you snap like that. Who knows what I'm talking about? Somebody just looks at you funny. Hey, what are you looking at? You know, we, we, we suffer with this, with this anger outburst. I'm very sure tonight if I had to go to some of your houses where you stay and I walked into a bedroom, I will find a pretty room with lots of posters on the doors and the walls. But if I remove the poster, I will find a hole that was punched in the door. A hole that was kicked in the door. Who knows what I'm saying? I can't help but, but, but watch on your, on your TV of, of Australia that they are speaking about the ice problem that you have. And the drug problem that you have. Is that true? There's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of drugs in this town. Alcohol. There's a lot of stuff that is, that is causing people, you know, Satan is causing people to take these drugs and to drink this alcohol. And when they drink it, they become violent. I'm speaking the truth. And too, too many people are blinded by the fact that alcohol and drugs is so bad for you, they are addicted to this thing. I'll teach later on in the week concerning this. But so many people are addicted to it, and the more, the more you want to take it away from them, the more violent they become. Anger. Are you struggling with anger? Are you always mad at somebody? Always cross. You don't have that joy. You don't have liberty and freedom inside of you. Under the strong man of jealousy is called, the second one is called suspicion. Are you always suspicious about somebody or something? Oh, I wonder where's my wife. Hmm, I wonder who she's talking to. Hmm, I wonder who she's seeing right now. Always suspicious. I wonder what my boss is up to. Oh, I wonder what my church friend's doing. Hmm, I wonder if they're talking about me. Who hears what I'm saying? Suspicion. If you are truly free from, from the spirit of jealousy, you won't have to be worried about what people say or think of you anymore. Hello? Yeah, you don't become suspicious over people anymore. 
Another, another demon spirit that operates under the spirit of jealousy is called revenge. Say with me, revenge. Do you know that revenge is tied up with forgiveness? If you don't forgive people, you're going to want to have revenge. I'll get back at you. I'll show you. You hurt me. I'll come back and I'm going to get you. If you haven't got full forgiveness in your heart, if you haven't released people and forgiven them, then you are going to walk around with a heart of vengeance and, and saying, I'm going I'm, I'm to get him. The way he got me, he hurt me, I'll just show them. I'll get them back. Double as hard. Are you that person tonight? Are you struggling with this spirit of jealousy inside of you? Is anybody with me? Yeah. I like it when it gets quiet like this because you're listening. Under the strong man of jealousy is another word which, is a, which to me is a kind of concerning one. It is called competition. Competition. We are always competing with one another. I want to be better than you. I want to earn more than you. I want to have a better house than you, a bigger car than you. I want to jump higher than you in worship. I want to shout louder than you in my praise. There's always this competition. Who hears what I'm saying? In the church family, I love it. When I go to pastors' meetings, I always find it interesting how the pastors are in a competition with one another. How many members do you have? How big is your band? What's your income? How many seats do you have? Blah, 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 blah. Hello, somebody. Just afraid that I might be counted lower than the other one. Sad to know the competition amongst the prophets and the evangelists and, the, and, the, and the whatever, if you want to talk about the fivefold ministry, how long can you prophesy? Is anybody still hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Competition. Under the word competition or jealousy, shall I say, is also the word called murder. Do you know that nations are fighting each other and people are killing each other because of the spirit of jealousy? I'm jealous because your country is more prosperous than my country. So let's just go and kill them. Spirit of jealousy we find in a lot of leadership. Murder is a part of, of most countries. Hello, somebody. It's driven. Murder is driven by spirit of jealousy. Well, my wife left me for another man. I'm so mad I'll go and kill him. Murder. So mad, I want to kill somebody right now. And then they go and they get drunk and they take drugs and then they actually go and do what they said they're going to do because Satan is true. You know, as here's a revelation. As much as we who are faith people speak the word, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? So the more we speak the word, the more we apply the word. But did you know that the more we speak death, we're going to apply that word over our lives. The same principle applies for the devil as it does for God. I'll never forgive him. Well, Satan says, thank you. I heard what you said. Now I'm going to keep pushing your button. Make sure you'll never forgive. I'm so mad. I'll just kill him. Satan says, well, now I heard what you said. That's wonderful. Let me hold you to your word. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? It's a scared thing. Scary thing. Bible says death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit of it. And many times we speak things out of our mouths that we shouldn't be speaking. So are you, are you learning something? Yeah. The strong man is called jealousy. Under jealousy we have anger. We have rage. We have suspicion. 
We have revenge, competition, murder, and also vengeance. Vengeance. I like that the world teaches about forgiveness. You know, they say, I'll forgive, but I won't forget. Jesus teaches us and says, you ought to forgive and forget. Can I say that again? We as Christians must forgive and forget. You say, I, how am I supposed to forget? Well, the Bible says that we are to meditate on those things which are good and lovely and pure and holy. And when Satan tries to put a thought in my head of what the people did towards me, then I am to be spiritually mature enough to say, no, Satan, I have forgiven. I'm forgetting what they did to me. I'm only thinking on the good things now, Amen. not on the bad things. That's how we get out of that rubbish that we are in. For those of you taking notes, the scripture references are Numbers chapter 5, verse 11 to 14, and also Proverbs 6, verse 34 and 35. All right, I'll say it again. Numbers 5, verse 11 to 14, and Proverbs 6, verse 33, uh, 34 and 35. Those of you who are interested, if you are taking down the notes, please remember when you read these scriptures, sometimes when I made the study, when I got it, some of the scriptures will not make immediate sense to you. That's why it's important to read the whole chapter to get the fullness of what I'm teaching. Amen. So say with me, jealousy. jealousy. Come on, say it again. Jealousy. Are you struggling with jealousy? Are you struggling with anger? Are you struggling with rage, suspicion, competition, murder, vengeance, and revenge? If you are, we're going to pray for you tonight that God can set you free. Strongman number two. Now we're really going to make the devil mad. Because strongman number two is called a lying spirit. Say with me, lying spirit. It's not telling lies as in fibs, you know, not that lying. This lying spirit is the strong man of all religious spirits that are in countries and churches. Scripture references 2 Chronicles 18, 22. Jeremiah 23, verse 14 to 16. And Ezekiel 12 to 24. Are we recording these messages? I want to encourage you. I, I'm, I'm bombarding you with information. So if you want to, you can get copies of the CDs or on a stuffy or whatever they're going to put it. Oh, it's on a podcast. Well, whichever way, the, 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 it is available. Amen. And I would recommend that you get these things and listen to it and fill your spirit with it so that you can identify the works of the enemy. So the lying spirit, just quickly again, the, the scriptures are 2 Chronicles 18.22, Jeremiah 23.14-16, and Ezekiel 12.24. This strong man of all religious spirits, this lying spirit, operates in the church. Now, to say something to get your understanding clear, first thing first, Jesus Christ was not a religious man, he was a spirit man. You say, what's the difference? The Bible says that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit gives life, religion kills. Did you get what I just said? 
The Holy Spirit operates by faith. A lying spirit says they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. A spirit person worships God in spirit and in truth. A religious person will worship God with their lips, but their hearts are far from Him. Spirit people want to stay in church and cannot get enough of the Bible and Jesus. Religious people want to come in for 20 minutes and leave again because they don't have the hunger for God. They're not born again. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Such a big difference. This lying spirit is in churches and over cities, and this, this spirit loves to display control. There are people who are bound by the Spirit, and these people are prominent people who stand out, and they always want to have their way and have their say. They come across forcefully. They will push themselves in a conversation, and they'll always want to take over the conversation. Is anybody hearing me? They want to be in charge. They push you out of the way. This lying spirit, uh-oh, this lying spirit always wants to be heard and seen. It hates submission. It hates authority. A lying spirit hates authority, hates submission. A lying spirit comes across and says, God said, uh-oh. And not, I have to clear what I'm saying here. Not everybody who says God says is wrong. They are genuine prophets of God. Amen. There's genuine sometimes a prophetic message that comes through. But you will know in your heart because the Bible says your spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit. And you will know that you know that you know when somebody's real and when somebody's not real. Who knows what I'm saying? Your spirit will bear witness with that. But this, this, this lying spirit hates submission, hates authority. It comes across forcefully, wants to be in charge and in control. And if I can go even further, this lying spirit will always find fault with what the pastor preaches and would want to bring correction. The lying spirit is also slash the Jezebel spirit. Now, many people get confused with the Jezebel spirit, and many times people say, well, the Jezebel spirit is only connected to a woman, but it's not. It's for both, man and woman. Is anybody with me? The Jezebel spirit will come across so strong that it will bring fear upon you. Old Elijah ran for his life. He was afraid that he was going to die. And sometimes the spirit who is so strong will come and actually squeeze the life out of you by being false. Are you with me? The Spirit is very, very active in churches today. And if you are not in God, if you are not in prayer, if if you're not busy with God, you are going to be taken under the control of this lying spirit. This lying spirit will, will be more active outside the church than in the church. This lying spirit will prophesy you out of your church to get into another church. Uh-oh. This spirit will bring, will bring division. 
If you don't know better, you'll be caught under it. And unfortunately, it's so that when people do get involved under the, under the leadership of somebody who's controlled by lying spirit, well, it goes good for three or four months, and then all hell begins to break loose. That's why we have many churches that start and they die just this quick because it's not of God. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying tonight. If you are struggling tonight, all of you sitting here looking at me, if you are struggling with, with authority, if you are struggling with submission, if you are struggling, you know, to, to, to come to a local church and get involved, then you need to ask the Lord, Lord, am I bound by this thing? Do I need to get free from this thing? A lying spirit. Say with me, lying spirit. He's the strong man over all religious spirits. Jesus is spiritual, not religious. A religious spirit displays control. He's stubborn. He comes across forcefully and pushy. He manifests himself by saying, God said. Glory to the Lord. What time do I finish? Can I do one more? Who wants to hear one more? Okay, I don't want to do too many because we're going to do a lot of praying. Okay, let's do one more. Strong man number three is called a familiar spirit. This spirit is also operating in the church. Say with me, familiar spirit. 1 Samuel chapter 28 verse 7, Acts 16, 16, and also Deuteronomy 18 verse 10 to 20. 1 Samuel 28, 7, Acts 16, 16, and Deuteronomy 18, 10 to 20. The familiar spirit, and I think I've spoken about this before, but the familiar spirit has got to do with all forms of the occult, witchcraft, Satanism, astrology, horoscopes, new age. Now it's going quiet in here. How many of you know we do not draw our powers from a stupid crystal? We get our powers from Jesus Christ. We don't need some crystal ball or a hand palm reader or bones thrown on the floor to tell us our future. I don't have to look at the stars to read the stars to get my future. I look to the one who created the stars. His name is Jesus Christ. Come on. He's the one who we draw from, and he's the one who holds us in the palm of his hand. Do you believe that? The spirit of divination we find in Acts chapter 16 is a lady who was walking. She was operating in divination. She was a fortune teller. She was telling people their fortunes. But this lady followed Paul and Silas, the Bible says. And many times while Paul was preaching, this woman would manifest by shouting like this. She would say, listen to him or listen to them. These are men of God. What they say is true and holy. Go and read it in your Bible. You know, and initially, when you read it, you would say, well, what's wrong with that? You know, this woman is, a, you know, she sounds like she's real. But then Paul got so annoyed, uh, annoyed with her, he turned around and said to the lady, he said, you spirit, come out of her. And the minute he said that, the demons came out of her spirit. This, this uh, familiar spirit came out and she fell to the ground and she lost the ability now to tell people's fortunes. And the man who was hiring her lost his business. And he got mad. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. There are Christians who operate under the spirit. Many years ago, my mother... Um, it's amazing. I know all families are maybe like that. I don't know all of them. But my, fam my mother's side was the partying, drinking side family, okay? My dad's side was the religious side. 
So I liked the mom's side more because they would party Friday night, Saturday night. We would get drunk. We would get high. We would dance right through the night. But on Sundays, not every Sunday, but sometimes on Sundays, my dad's family would come and visit on a Sunday afternoon. And I so did not like it because then my dad would hide away the smokes and hide away the beers, you know, and the booze, and out will come the tea and the cake. <laughs> oh, who knows what I'm saying? That religiousness just kind of comes out, you know. And many times I had one aunt. She's gone to be with the Lord. I believe she's gone to be with the Lord. But as she would come to our house, and I knew this, this aunt of mine. She was my favorite aunt. And as a little boy, she loved to drink tea, you see. And so many times when we saw them park outside and they come into the house, I would quickly run and greet them. And I'd run to the kitchen, the kitchen put the kettle on, and I'll make her a cup of tea. First thing, not tea in tea bags. Tea leaves with a, with a little thingy, what do you call that? You had it today. What, what do you put the water through that holds the tea? Strain it. <coughs> I need water. So this, this aunt of mine would come and she would, um, she would come and drink tea. Excuse me. And as she would drink tea, the first thing that would happen is I would make tea for myself and tea for her. And uh, because I like sugar, I put lots of sugar in my tea and I drink it. And when I finished drinking my cup, I'd put it in front of her. Now, this is a Christian lady who says she loved Jesus, who went to church every Sunday because she was on the religious side of my father's family. And when she would come to our house, she would always talk about Jesus, you know, while she would light up a cigarette. That one never made sense to me. Jesus loves you. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, really? So she would drink the tea, and then she would look at me with a big old smile. I would sit in front of her, and she would hold my teacup. And she would begin to read the tea leaves. And she would begin to speak into my life devilish lies. I never knew it back then, but now I know it. Hello, somebody. And she had the ability to operate with a familiar spirit under the name of Christianity. He has an ear. Let him hear what I'm saying. Because there's a lot of people today who sit in church, but they will read the newspapers and read their stars. But they're Christians. There would be a lot of people who sit in church, but they would go to, to the seance, or what do you call them, the um, psychics, that's the word. And they would watch the psychics call up demon spirits, and yet they would still be Christians coming to church on a Sunday. A lot of people in church get a thrill from going to these people who operate under familiar spirits because the familiar spirit has the ability to present himself as real, but he's actually operating under lies. Does that make sense? He has the ability to manifest himself through people and objects. This country is full of it. Turned the news on the other day, not the news, I was flipping through your channels, and guess what I saw? I saw late at night these women who are operating in familiar spirits, and you guys allow it on your national TV. Nobody complains, but put a Christian on there, the whole world will complain. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. 
get a real profit on that, and then you see the, the, the government get mad at it. But they have these, these, these psychics on there, and you call in, and they'll tell you your whole history. It's of the devil. Somebody say, mm-hmm. And if you have been to a psychic, if you've had your palm, hand palms read, read, if you've had looked into the crystal ball, if you've played or worked with tarot cards, if you've gone to Satanism, witchcraft, drank blood, killed cats, who's this guy? Do you remember, uh, there used to be a guy with the name of Chris Angel on TV. Anybody ever saw Chris Angel? It's a very popular program. This guy would do all these so-called magic tricks, but there's another guy from England, an Indian guy from England, and he physically can walk on the water. He would take a um, dynamite. Is that his name? Yeah, that's right. And he would, take a, he would take a dead fish on ice, and he would hold the dead fish in his hand, and he would do this over the fish, and it would come alive. He'll put it back into water. Anybody ever see that? Now, how many of you know that's counterfeit of Jesus Christ, who is the real one? And let me tell you, those guys are operating under a familiar spirit's power. They are totally demon-possessed. Hello. Shemaine and I, we have lots of witch doctors in our country. Sometimes they are in the mall. They would have a little shop where you can go in for the witch doctors, you know. And Shemaine and I really have a royal time when we see this happen because we will go and stand outside of the witch doctor's little hut, you know, or, or store. And we would begin to pray in the spirit for 20 minutes just outside the store. Say, Father, we bind these familiar spirits. I rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. And people walk by, hello, hello. I bind you in the name of Jesus. This thing is not going to operate. And then it's not long. I'm telling you right now. You can ask my wife. Not long. Then the guy comes and puts a closed sign up and says the demons aren't operating now. You know? Or he would say, oh, I don't know. We're not making contact with the spirits. <laughs> Come on. We have power over the works of darkness. Hallelujah. I want to go to those meetings where people levitate. I want them to levitate until they're about six meters high. They want to say, in the name of Jesus. You know, see him fall down. Hallelujah. <laughs> in actual fact, we went to a service like that once, another service thing, and, and then all of a sudden a guy was up front because we, you know, Christians go and they just start praying in the spirit. And then these guys would try and they would try to call up them. They, they would just say, I don't know what's wrong. It's not operating. It's not working tonight because we have greater authority. We have all authority over the works of darkness. So the familiar spirit, the divination, astrology, horoscope, fortune telling, witchcraft, new age, and any other form of occult that you can think of. If you have been involved in these things, please let us pray for you and close the door of the enemy so that Jesus Christ can be number one. Amen. I've given you too much information tonight. We will continue tomorrow. How many of you enjoyed what I'm teaching on? Is it helping you? So tomorrow night we'll continue with this, uh, on this subject. Every head bowed quickly and every eye closed. I can't believe an hour just goes by so quickly. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This morning we had a wonderful altar call. And people got saved. And tonight, I'm going to do it again. We're going to give you an opportunity for salvation tonight. Maybe you came into this room. You don't know Jesus. Maybe 
you saw the people worshiping God. You didn't fully understand that. And now you hear me preaching the way I'm preaching, and you say, I've never heard stuff like this. Well, my friend, the first question I want to ask you is, do you really know Jesus Christ? That's an important question. Do you know Jesus Christ? I'm not asking you, do you know of him? Everybody knows about Jesus, but they don't know him personally. Going to church doesn't mean you're going to heaven. As much as sitting in the garage means you're a car. God is calling you tonight, and he says, I want to save you. I don't want you to go to hell. I love you, and I want you to give your heart to Jesus. So if you are sitting here and you say, Dion, would you please pray with me? Because I know that I'm not right with Jesus, and I want to give my heart to Jesus. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Please pray for me so that Jesus can, can, can come and live in my heart. If you nobody looking except me, I'm going to count to three. And if you'd like for me to pray for you, I want you to slip your hand high into the air. Not for me, not for this church, but for Jesus. Are you ready? One, two, three. Raise your hand up. Thank you. I see your hand. Raise your hand up. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Say, Dion, I'm a little bit scared. Thank you. There's another hand going up. You say, I'm not part of this church. If I put my hand up, does it mean I have to join this church? And the answer is no. You go back to where your, where your church is. But don't miss this opportunity of salvation. Intercessors, please pray in the Holy Ghost for me right now. Just start praying. Pray in tongues. I'm going to ask one more time, with every head bowed and every eye closed. You say, Dion, please, I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. I'm a sinner. If I had to die now, I know I'll go to hell. But I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want to spend eternity with Jesus. If that is you, nobody looking except me, and you want me to pray for you to receive Jesus, I want you to slip your hand in the air again. Quickly, raise those hands. Let me see. Thank you. I see your hands going up. Everybody who raised their hands, please be bold, please be brave. If you raise your hand, stand to your feet. Quickly, come on, everybody raise their hands, stand for Jesus. Come on, stand. Stand up, be bold, be brave. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, that's wonderful, that's wonderful. Now, all of you standing, look at me, those of you standing, would you please come stand here by me? I want to pray with you. Let's encourage them as they come forward, family. <laughs> while they're coming down the rest of the church you know what to do would you quickly please don't make fun of it this is serious business would you quickly turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor are you right with Jesus Christ come on evangelize come on evangelize ask your neighbor are you sure if you die you'll go to heaven if they're not sure take them by the hand bring them forward so that they can receive salvation tonight is there anybody else Pastor James, do you have your mic with you? Is there anybody else? Yes, well done, well done. God bless you, that's wonderful. Let's all stand to our feet. Come on, let's stand. Pastor James is going to lead these people to the Lord.
Are you ready for some action now? Uh-oh. Has, has the word ministered to your heart tonight? How many of you say, Dion, I heard what you said, and, and uh, yep, jealousy is definitely a problem in my life. Anybody struggling with jealousy, raise your hand. Anybody struggling with anger, raise your hand. Struggling with that competition or that murder or whatever it is. We're going to open up the floor, and I'm going to ask Pastor James to help me. We're going to lay hands on you and ask the Lord to set you free. But remember what I said. It is personal between you and God. Amen? You can leave this room, and you can say, well, you know what? It was good what he preached, but I don't struggle with that. Or you can be set free from whatever Satan is holding you. It's your choice. Amen. Also, are you struggling with this lying spirit? Are you one who hates authority, can't get under, under submission? You, uh, you are the one who, who maybe feels that you come across forcefully or pushy or so forth, you know, that lying spirit? We want to pray with you. And then lastly, the familiar spirit. If you have ever been involved in any form of witchcraft or Satanism or anything like that, we would love to pray with you. So by this now... Would you quickly respond by standing up, or you are standing, come forward and come stand here in any three areas of, the, of what we said. Quickly come on, respond. If you are struggling with jealousy, lying spirit, or the familiar spirit, come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. I know there's a lot of you who should be down here. If you are new to this church, what's going to happen? We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to bind those strong men over your life, and God's going to set you free tonight. God's going to set you free tonight. Is there anything else you want to share? Yes, we need catchers with people to stand behind these people in front. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, we're going to sh- uh, start the service. Come early to get place. It's going to be packed out. Oi, I've lost the audience. Are you with me, church? Come on early, 7 o'clock. It's going to be full. We'll teach on, on the strong man continuing tomorrow night as we expose the works of darkness. Those who need to go home, I'm just going to pray the blessing. Can I do that, Pastor? Everybody lift your hands. Father, I just pray your blessing upon the people that are here tonight. And I ask you, Lord, that this word that was sown, that the seed has fallen into good soil. And I pray that it will produce a harvest, Father God, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come and you water the word. And you'll bring the harvest in. Most of all, Father, I pray your blessing. The Bible says we are blessed coming in and we are blessed going out. I ask you, Father God, that we will leave this place full of the Holy Spirit and joy. That, Father God, we will be under the the, uh, anointing of the evangelist. And that we will go out tomorrow and invite the people to come. Father, we ask you for a revival. We ask you that hundreds of people will join themselves to this place tomorrow night. Father God, so that more salvations can come, more healings can take place, and more deliverances will happen. Father, bless your people as they leave. Give them good night's rest. And Father God, I ask that you'll speak to them in the word, in dreams, in visions, whichever way you choose, in Jesus' name. And those who believe and receive the blessing says, Amen. Amen. Shalom to those who have to go home. God bless you. If you want to stand, watch the miracles, you are welcome to do that. Amen. Uh, We can play either CD or the piano, whichever you want to do.
Is there anybody else you would like to call Pastor James to help minister? Um, Pastor Malcolm, he's busy in the back there. David, Pastor David, would you join us? Teresa and Michelle. Oh, Michelle is in the back as well. All right, can we get some worship music in the back going? Sandy, that's enough, Pastor. I think that's more than enough. Would all of you step forward a little bit forward? When we lay hands on you tonight, we're going to come to you and we're going to ask you, what is your problem? Then you tell me it's a lying spirit or it's a familiar spirit. If, if you say, but what about if I've got all of it? Just say all of the above and we'll pray with you, okay? Now listen, sometimes demons do manifest. It has happened here before in this church. I know you are familiar with it, but if somebody is not familiar with it, do not be afraid of that. Amen? Sometimes the devil has been so long attached to you that he's not going to be happy to give up the home he's been living in. Does that make sense? So sometimes they make a little noise and we just shout them. We'll just cast them out and they have to leave in Jesus' name. But you do not need to be afraid of anything like that. Anybody in the audience, if it does happen, no devils are going to come near you. Can you say amen? They leave this place. All right. Thank you. We can turn the music up, and pastors, let's just go ahead and pray. Uh, guys, you can help us pray.